1: Holy cow, is it a Saturday morning already? It's Saturday morning. Welcome into it. Trying to get you up and moving for another weekend. I am feeling the holiday mode already. You got to admit, I am. I woke up this morning and it was nice and cool and it was quiet and sat there slowly waking up. I'm in one of those relaxed states right now. It's hard to get up and moving for a Saturday, isn't it? Sometimes, especially when it's cold. It's exhilarating, though. You go outside, take a big old deep breath. Let it all in. I am wearing my t-shirt and shorts because that's what we do in the wintertime when it's 20 degrees outside. Hell, welcome into Candace Talk. It's great to have you along for the ride. I'm Andy Hoosier, 316-721-8255, 316 talk if you want to join into the program today. A little bit different show than what we've been doing. Obviously, the last few weeks has been election coverage nonstop, talking to candidates, and then last week recapping a lot of the elections in the state. Now that that stuff is done and over, for the most part, at least here in Kansas, there's other issues going on nationwide, which we can talk about throughout the program today. I want to take a break from politics for just a minute. We are less than a week away from Thanksgiving time, which is hard to believe. Next week, we will not be here live on the program obviously with Thanksgiving weekend, so you can hear a best-of program for the show. But with that, we're going to shift gears. We'll talk a little bit of politics today. I want to get your thoughts on some of the hot issues going on in the state of Kansas and beyond. Coming up, hour number two, we have Davis Liquor Outlet coming on the program. They're going to talk about some of the festive seasonal drinks to enjoy, some of the adult beverages that you can have going into Thanksgiving and Christmas and beyond for the wintertime and for the festive holiday season. So they always bring in some good treats, and we'll do that coming up in our number two. This hour, no guests. No guests this hour. You and I just chit in the chat at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. It's been a while since we've done that. We've been trying to cram in as many guests as we possibly can on this show lately because of trying to get that content out there. Now we can take a breath. We can regroup. We can figure out what the next year is going to look like we can kind of refocus on our 2023 legislative session and figure out what the priorities are going to be. So this hour is open lines to you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. There's a few issues that I want to try and touch on throughout the hour, so we're going to try and cram a few different topical issues into this this hour, which is what we usually do, right? We have so much to talk about. There's so many things going on, even at a statewide level, that we don't have time to talk about uh, all of it that we possibly can outside of as well wanting to hear about what your thanksgiving holiday celebrations maybe are you already in that celebration and that festive mode but i want to start off here for just a second we'll get some politics here in just a minute we have dennis Pyle that has come out and responded to the accusations of him ruining the governor's race for Derek schmidt and the republican party so he has come out and tried to yeah i know He's tried to respond to that. We'll see how productive it all that he is in the legislative session this year. Uh, so we'll mention him in just a minute. We also have the unionization of a group here in Kansas, which is, you know, my thoughts about unions. I think that they are the absolute worst thing that you could possibly do is unionize. But there is a group that's trying to unionize here in Kansas and it actually passed here in the Wichita area. So Is that going to actually be beneficial, and why are they in the situation that they're in? I'll touch on that here in a little bit as well. But I want to start off here because this has been the big news. Uh, This was not on the ballot. However, the members of the Kansas Board of Education officially passed this just a week or so ago, removing Native American mascots from high schools all over the state of Kansas. There are a few of them, anywhere between, what, 10 to 20, I think, that are left across across the state here. Many other states are doing this, by the way, as well, so we're not the first ones to do this, but removing the Native American mascots from high schools. Now, as a parent or as a grandparent or maybe as just an alum from one of these schools, I really want to pick your brain on whether you actually agree with this move or not. On why you think it might be a good idea to remove the mascot. Now, from what I've heard, most schools that are moving to transition away from their Native American mascots are expecting anywhere between a 400000 to 500000 price tag with that because you have to rebrand everything. You have to rebrand the name. You have to rebrand all of the swag. You have to rebrand the entire school and the logos. You have to rebrand all of the football and basketball and baseball and hockey and soccer and whatever gear that you have. You have to change everything within your school. And is it really worth doing that? Now, I know the schools are sitting on a massive stockpile of cash in their emergency funds. While they say they're not, we can see it on the Department of Education's uh, records on finances for school-by-school districts. You can see the massive amount of money that the school districts are actually holding on to while they say they don't have a lot of money. Because remember, Brownback hated schools and he cut funding for education, which obviously was not true in any way, shape, or form. If you go, again, very easily go to the Department of Education's website... For the state of Kansas and look at the finances, every school saw an increase of education funding every single year that Brownback was in office. So the the lies that Kelly spread throughout the entire campaign season were just that. Absolute lies. So they're sitting on stockpiles of cash. Not necessarily a big deal for them, I don't think, to have to spend that kind of money because they're excited to spend money at, <laughs> as public uh, public school districts. But is it the appropriate way to spend money at the public education level to change the mascots and why do we want to change the mascots at school levels is it worth it and what's the reasoning behind it the left side of the aisle the democrats that are all about this woke identity politics garbage that we talk about oh so much here on this program or it's all about the skin color or all about your religion or all about your gender or all about your sexual orientation or all about whatever else that they try to divide and conquer with by using these identity politics. They're the ones that are removing and eliminating any type of heritage or remembrance of Native Americans in this area. And personally, I find that kind of troubling. Now a lot of some of the Native Americans are on board with this as well saying oh, that it's very offensive to see the Indians, for example, let's uh, use the example of like North High here in Wichita and the Indians. That's very offensive. We don't like to see that. We don't like to see the photo of the Indian head with the feathers sticking out of the hair and everything. It's very offensive. It's very culturally appropriating if we say that, if we see this. And I asked the question why. Notre Dame, obviously, I want to use that for an example, is the fighting Irish. And they had the little leprechaun that's about ready to brawl. As an Irishman myself, am I offended by such... Cultural appropriation, how we're small and we have red beards and we like to fight and we like to be a little feisty. No, I actually kind of find it flattering. <laughs> I don't understand where this woke culture comes from, from being offended by everything. And by the way, this movement is happening and I need to confirm this. Hold on. Let me do a little Google search here. Uh, no, 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 Here it's it. So from what my understanding is, is it really November? Is it November? Uh, Hold on. It is the month of November. We are in right now the month of November, which is Native American Heritage Month. I wanted to confirm that before I said it because I had heard it somewhere, so I wanted to make sure. Native American Heritage Month is the month where we should be respecting, we should be aware of, we should be intrigued by, we should be learning of, we should be appreciating the heritage of Native Americans all over the country. And while we're, quote-unquote, respecting them and we're, interested in them and we're wanting to learn about them and we're wanting to respect the culture we're removing the culture from the public eye and to me that's kind of counterproductive isn't it so i want to get your thoughts on this if you are an alum of north high if you have kids or grandkids that go to north high if you have kids that go to other schools around the state of kansas that go to a uh, go to a school that have a mascot as a Native American, is it offensive? Are you ready to see a change? Do you want to see a change, or what's the purpose behind it? While we've gotten rid of so many other cultures on different products, um, the syrup or the foods or whatever else, we can't use this. I mean, obviously, NFL's already gotten rid of some, some of these as well. We don't have any longer the Washington Redskins. We don't have the Indians anymore, the Cleveland Indians for baseball. We don't have these things. Are we removing our awareness and bringing them to the forefront of culture for us to even think about them, or are they just fading off into the distance right now instead of us respecting? When the school started using these mascots, when the sporting uh, when a sporting event started using these mascots, all the way back when years ago, they did it with a purpose, and they did it with respect to the culture of hey, these Indians, for example, for North High, are fierce. They are strong. They are warriors. They are wonderful individuals. We want to respect them because we want to be like them. And I see that as a way of respect as opposed to appropriating and disrespect. Now, I'm not part of the Native Americans, but again, I can use the example that I am part of, which is the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. How dare you think that the Irish like to fight and be feisty and drink adult beverages all the time? How dare you think that we're just a bunch of short, red-headed, blonde, pale-skinned, glow-in-the-dark individuals? How dare you assume our appropriation here? But yet... I'm not offended by it. In fact, I'm flattered by it. They still respect and represent and they make us think about the fighting Irish because I think it's kind of cool. So why and how did we get to a position in society where it's offensive for everybody just to assume of what you're going to be. The new potential mascots for North High, by the way, according to Cake News, is there is a poll going on for both school uh, students right now and alum and community members outside of the area where here are the four potential mascot changes for Wichita North. It's going to be the Red Storm, the Stars, the Wolf Pack, and the Red Hawks. Now, if I were a Red Hawk, I would be extremely offended that you try to use my red feathers as the mascot for your school. How dare you? You are culturally appropriating animals, and you should be ashamed of yourself. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I think this entire conversation is extremely stupid and absolutely absurd and ridiculous, and I am frustrated with the fact that words are so um, triggering, quote-unquote, for individuals because we become such a sensitive society that uh, just using... Your culture as something that we want to be proud of, and we want to try and implicate while we are as a school or as a uh, as an athletic department or as a team that you think it's offensive. I think shows the weakness in culture that we have today. But I could be wrong, so I want to hear your thoughts. on talk. Let's go to the phones here. Line at number one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Frederick. Frederick, how are you, my sir, my friend?
2: Well. Uh, I'll try not to use any profanity and have respect for your show,
3: but, um,
2: you know what, Andy, I'm just going to go back to, first of all, I am a North High graduate. You are a North okay? High, so okay. Family. Oh, hell yes, I am. Damn right I am. I'm, I'm a North High Redskin, okay. period. Okay. Now, I'm going to go back to 1943, the yearbook of North High School. Okay. And I went through it, uh, I collect North High yearbooks. I mean, I got them going back in, in the 30s. But what it said in 1943 in the yearbook, it said, and I'm going to try to, uh, it said something similar to Wichita North High School Redskins during the, after they graduate. A lot of them will be going to war.
4: We hope that our
2: beautiful North High Redskins will carry the same fierce fight that they showed on the football field and on the athletic field in fighting for the freedom of our country. Mm. And I, I just kind of paraphrase that. But you know what, Andy? North High will always be North High Redskins. You will never change it. Listen, there are thousands of North High alum, alumni that are not going to put up with this crap, Yeah. okay? And I am a North High Redskin, and forever. And I don't know, it just seems like during the past 10 years, anything that is beautiful in this world, anything that's beautiful for our country, these complete assholes want to change it. Whether, I mean, you have a bunch of worthless people up there in Topeka, all they care about are queers and abortions and this and that. And then they start attacking decent object decent people you know forever we will be north high redskins and let me tell you what the alumni association here in wichita in kansas and around the united states is extremely strong now um now i don't know maybe well my words are a little bit strong but you stop and think how many north high alumni i mean no north high graduates were killed during World War II, during the Korean War, and et cetera, like that, and they were fighting for the the freedom, okay? And then you have a bunch of total idiots coming along and deciding that, well, we don't like the fact that you're Redskins, or et cetera, like that.
1: But yeah, what I find what I find ironic about all this is that it's coming from the side who literally judges people based on their skin color, that you are more important with affirmative action because you have a darker skin color or that you came from uh, from somewhere else, from Africa or from Mexico or from Asia or from wherever else. That if you're white, then you're probably the most horrible human being on the face of the earth. They're the ones that are judging people on their skin color while telling us that we can't use the culture of a group for a mascot for a school to be proud of it because that would be a, a sense of pride right if you're a redskin if you're an Indian if you're I mean I knew schools in Ohio that were the 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 Comanche or the Arapaho or the uh whatever else that they try to use that that is a that is a that's a sign of pride a sign of endearment a sign of I'm proud to be one of these and to hold up that uh, that culture and to use that culture to embolden and empower myself for a sporting event or be proud of my school whatever it's a sign of endearment. And yet the ones that judge people based on their skin color are the ones telling us that it's offensive to use skin color or some type of culture as a way to be proud of yourself. This is the most hypocritical thing that the left side of the aisle could ever do.
2: You know, Andy, okay, if you want to know a little bit of history of Wichita high schools, okay, going back maybe 30 years, maybe longer than that, South High School used to be the South High Colonels, okay? The Rebels, South High Colonels. And they partitioned and et cetera like that. And I think they're called the Titans now. But that's not the first time that uh, a high school has been asked. But anyway, getting back to Wichita and North High, we are North High Redskins. And the Alumni Association, which I am part of, in which uh, we have T-shirts, we are North High Redskins. When we go to their football games, we are North High Redskins. And believe it, let let me tell you something. We are wealthy. We have money, and we can put out beautiful shirts, beautiful clothing with North High Redskins on, Mm -hmm. which we have been doing. So the school board can change all they want, but you got to remember there's a huge, very wealthy, very strong alumni out here that's going to be pushing back forever because we will forever love our school and love our tradition, and we're not going to let any little sick, woke, people that um, tell us what to do. And that's just <laughs> I, the way the cookie is going to crumble.
4: And
0: I love if people it.
2: don't like it, they can just get the hell out of my country. Uh, like I said, going back to <clears throat> and going back to the nineteen forty three um, yearbook, they were saying that a lot of this another thing it said was if you look around you're gonna see some empty desks of some students that have already left school and have already joined the military to fight for our freedom. Okay. They, and about every other sentence was all about the pride of the North High Redskins. Sure. So, uh, I and love- another thing is, uh, my brother, who was killed during the Korean War, uh, was a North High Redskin. And uh, he was a three-sport uh, three letterman starting in his uh, sophomore year. Football, wrestling, and track, and you want to destroy that kind of stuff, nobody, we're not going to put up with it, and that's just the way the cookie is going to crumble. And I don't give a, I don't care what other people think. Anyway, Andy, uh, by the way, I heard you twice on Armed American Radio, and you were on last night all by yourself, and I thought that was just wonderful.
1: Hey, well, people
2: are listening
1: to you. We love you, Andy. Well, I, I love you, Frederick. I appreciate that very much, and I love the speech. I love the fact that you brought up the the heritage, the history of the school, and those that have come out of it, and you're right, that those that went directly into war right after high school that are proud to be those Redskins from North High, and uh, you're right, it is removing and eliminating a lot of history from a school and a pride that people have had for years and years and years, and I'm glad that you brought that up, and I am hope that, uh, it, as I know you are, letting the school know about what's going on there. Frederick, I appreciate that very much, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and I appreciate that call very much. Boy, a lot of passion there. A lot of passion there. Again, while we are trying to, according to the left side of the aisle, bring in affirmative action, while we're trying to be prideful and respectful of other cultures, we're eliminating the heritage and cultures of those by eliminating their conversation on the national front. We've removed Aunt Jemima. We've removed the other whatever food label that was. The black culture, the Hispanic culture, the Native American culture. We're removing them from society. We're whitewashing them out by getting rid of them completely while saying that we don't want to disrespect the culture. I find that absolutely fascinating and mind boggling because the other side of the aisle, while they try to say they're the non-racist, they are the most racist, woke group of white snowflakes I have ever met in my entire life. And it's sad to see. Got to take a break. We got some more calls online. We'll get to you as soon as we come back here. It is Candace Talk trying to get you up and moving for another Saturday morning right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. So, I turn my microphone on. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It's a Saturday morning, so we went a bit long in that segment. We got just about 45 seconds here before the bottom of the hour news. So, with all the callers hang tight. We'll start off with you right after the break here. Right around the corner, and uh, by the way, just got a message as well. Davis Liquor Outlet not able to make it today. The flu or whatever's going around has been brutal, so uh, they're a little bit under the weather. No worries, so it is open lines for the entire two hours of the program today, which is fine because we have plenty of things to talk about and cover, so it's going to be open lines to you, so stick around. Don't hang up. We'll get to you here in just a second here on the program as we continue this conversation. Is it offensive to have a Native American as a mascot for a school and for a sports team, or... Is that a sense of pride, of endearment, of respect for that culture? Because you want to channel their awesomeness into you with your sporting events, and your school, and your pride and who you are and who you identify with, with your education and your group that you hang out with. We'll do some more of that when we come back here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM.
0: Wichita's number one in talk radio. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM.
1: Welcome back into the program. 35 minutes past the hour here on a Saturday morning, getting you up and moving for a Saturday as we do every weekend. Number one in local conservative talk radio and it's open lines to you at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Apparently the flu's moved around pretty high. We've seen some high numbers of the RSV as the media is trying to scare us on that one with kids. Which don't get me wrong, it's a serious thing to pay attention to. Then we have the flu. Then we have the COVID nineteen and the new variants there as well. <laughs> we have the trifecta, and they're asking why is it so bad this year. We well, hey, have my theories about that. But both of our guests we had scheduled for the program today message me early this morning or just a little bit ago and said that they weren't unable to make it because of feeling under the weather. No worries, we'll get them back on the show. So that means it's a complete open line to you for the two hours at three one six seven two one eight two five five three one six seven two one. Talk. I want to continue this conversation about the Native American mascots briefly as we go through Native American Heritage Month. And I don't know if you watch the show. Uh, It's a Yellowstone. Been a big fan. We're going through season four right now. We're kind of a season behind as they're releasing season five now. And the tie in with the Native American culture in Montana and the battle between them and the ranchers and the developers and the three way war that goes on between all this fascinating. So I love that show, but it really brings home. I got to the point right now, actually, the episode we watched last night was. The episode of the youngest son of the Duttons, if anybody watches the show, if you know what I'm talking about, uh, where he's about ready to go off into the woods and do the four day uh, meeting your spirit animal or whatever that he was doing with the Native Americans because he had been seeing a wolf and the Native Americans that are taking him out there. And that's that stuff absolutely fascinates me. I am will be the first to tell you, I love Native American culture. I love Native American tradition. I love Native American history. My wife, although she does not have her uh, official certificate, so I can't really say it uh, appropriately because we're not going to turn into Elizabeth Warren style here. (laughs) We're not going to pretend to be Pocahontas here, but I will say that my wife is part Native American uh, and we absolutely love it. I love the culture. I am fascinated by it. I love the storytelling, and I think that's something we need to bring back in society is the fact that the younger individuals listen to the elders as they tell stories because the stories have messages to them, have meanings to them, have life lessons to teach them that we no longer do any longer. In fact, now we have social media that runs so rampant that the young generation calls the old generation crazy, and then they go off and do their own thing. And we're losing a lot of the values that the Native American tribes and culture and people themselves have taught us, and it breaks my heart. I absolutely love and am fascinated with how they live their life. Why you would remove that from society blows my mind. And this is the reverse racism. It's real racism. It's real suppression that the progressives have always said, you got to remember where, which side of the aisle, political aisle, political philosophy, which side has been the one oppressing people since the beginning of this nation, and that was the progressive liberals. It was the Democrats always with slavery, with segregation, with separate but equal, with Jim Crow laws with the ones that rounded up Native Americans and drove them off their lands, they were the Democrats. They were the ones that look at identity politics. Now they're the ones telling us that it's offensive to use their culture, so therefore we're going to whitewash them and remove them completely so we don't even talk about them anymore so you no longer can be prideful of being a North High Redskin, so you can no longer be a Washington Redskin, so you can no longer be a Cleveland Indian, so you can no longer use any of this stuff because it's offensive and it's culturally appropriating and it makes them look bad in a bad Light. But if we don't have these things, when there's a reason why they chose to be them, the reason I'm assuming could be wrong here. The reason that the North High Redskins chose to be the North High Redskins all the way back when, when the school started, was because, hey, we are a Native American territory here. There's a vast Native American presence and we want to respect that culture and be Part of that, and to use that strength to channel that energy and to use what the Native Americans did here to be prideful of our school and who we are as a school with that group. Because your pride and your school, your school pride, your school uh, excitement, your love of your school is something that you're very proud of in high school. I was a Husky, a Platte Canyon Husky, and we were all about the Huskies, and it was blue and it was gray, and we wore our Huskies with pride. That was my school in Colorado, the Platte Canyon Huskies. And everybody remembers their mascot. Everybody remembers what their school was. And you remember the pride when you went to the pep rallies. You remember that pride when you went to the high school football game. You remember that pride when you went to your baseball or basketball games. And when you went to other schools and around town that you were proud of that school. When you wear that shirt or that jersey or that hat of that team that you like, you were proud of that. You weren't using it to... Uh, disrespect them. You weren't using it to slander them. You weren't using it to attack them. You were using it because you were proud of that. Because that was a culture that had strength, that had wisdom, that had greatness that you wanted to use and you wanted to try to mimic by channeling that into your own. And that's amazing. That's something to be prideful of. And the side that has been the racist that have been the oppressors, that have been the segregationists, they're the ones removing them and the last little bit of their cultures out of the mainstream. And to me, that's a scarier thought than just, oh, well, you know, we just need to change the uh, uh, change the mascot here. This runs a lot deeper to me, and it's very frustrating, and I think a lot of people are upset about it. So let's go back to the lines and get your thoughts. Three one six seven two one eight two five five. Line number one, good morning, is this. Hey, Andy. John, what's going on, sir?
3: Hey, what's so good about it? It's freezing cold out there, huh?
1: Oh, I love it. I'm wearing my T-shirt and shorts today.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you young whippersnapper. what do you get to be my age. You won't like it so much.
1: Uh, possibly. That's I'm going to try to enjoy it while I can.
3: Yeah, well, okay, I guess. But, uh, why not? Well, you know what, Andy? Every Just about every damn day, these white honky liberals do something to offend me. And I don't grin and bear it. I grit my teeth, but I bear it. Because, uh, I don't know, I know one day the Lord's going to come back and he's going to sort all this crap out and put a stop to it. But uh, um, anyway.
1: Well, here's um, here's the thought, is there are some, not all, but there are some within Native American tribes around here that say that they're the ones that have been upset by this stuff and offended by it, and they're the ones that are also advocating for the change. So that brings up the question is, are they truly offended by it? Are they falling into a political paradigm or some type of political messaging that makes them think they are offended, or is it truly upsetting to some, when they hear about the North High Redskins, when they hear about the Cleveland Indians, when they hear about whatever that's offensive to them, are they truly offended by it? Or is it just their political views bleeding out um, to where they're not saying it in representation of the tribe that they're part of, but just their political ideology that's bleeding out because that's what they've been told to think? Uh,
3: I think it's what you just said is their political ideologies. Um yeah, you know, I'm part Cherokee Indian myself, but uh, I'm more Irish than anything. I, I got some Brit and Scott. And all well, that. then you should be offended
1: by the Fighting Irish Notre Dame. How dare that they assume uh, assume that the the Irish just sit there and drink beer and fight all the time? How dare they assume that?
3: Well, they're kind of half right because if you tick me off, <laughs> as an Irishman, you might get scalped. <laughs> so, but. Uh, no no it's um what's next okay we got this uh, statue down on the river uh that was uh designed by black bear bosun he's a native wichita and uh India. Yeah, so that's
1: offensive. How dare we that we that we assume what they look like with their culture by putting a, the 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 headdress on and putting on their garb and then making a prayer on the river. How dare that we assume that? I think that's cultural appropriation to use that is the icon of the city full of white people. We probably need to remove the uh, the the statue downtown.
3: And the city's name is Wichita, which is an Indian name, and then you got like streets, various streets like Seneca Street, No Street. Uh, you know, uh, for uh, cars to drive over. I mean, one could assume that that uh, that could be offensive to Indians because it's uh, white guys, it's white people driving over the Indians. Uh, come on, man! There's the stupid excuses and arguments that people come up with just to claim they're offended. You know, there are more important things in life to get upset over than um, than uh, uh, this this kind of stuff. There's nothing to get. There, there, there's nothing to get upset about over that. I mean, we got a Black History Month and we got a Native American Heritage Month right after that. And what comes before Black History Month? Are, are there any other ethnic groups out there that have a Heritage Month? Or, you know, us white guys don't have nothing. So... We're just here, I guess. But, well,
1: and again, that's a very superficial way that they look at it as well because there's just the brown and there's the white and there's the yellow and there's the red and they're just offended by that. They do realize, I hope, that there's more than just, quote-unquote, white people that, you know, white people, quote-unquote, have been in fighting for years and thousands of years in Europe as that wasn't the way that we look at color, that it was the, uh, the Brits and the Germans and the Spanish and the Nordics and the French and whatever else they want to look at that there, uh, the Italians, that there was a lot of infighting nowadays here with the low common denominator of the low IQ level of the left side of the aisle. They just see a skin color and be like, wow, that skin color bad, and they don't look at things a heck of a lot deeper. So, Sean, I appreciate that. You're absolutely right. Uh, it is absolutely absurd. I think, it, I mean, if they're going to get re- remove the Redskins from North High School, I think that we need to remove Keeper of the Plains. And we need to remove Keeper of the Plains because while the city may be named after an Indian tribe, that the Keeper of the Plains is a Native American that is culturally appropriating and assuming what they look like with their headdress and their ceremonial garb on while they are blessing a town that is run and controlled and populated by white people. And therefore, the white people that are under the blessing of the Keeper of the Plain and the protection of the Keeper of the Plain in the city of Wichita um, are culturally appropriating that. So therefore, we must remove it. I mean, is this where we're at today in society? Is this what we have to do? Is this the stupid, ridiculous, absurd conversations that we are having in society today? Because I guarantee you, if this is the direction that we're going with high schools, that that conversation is going to come up at some point. White people populate the city of Wichita that are under the protection of the Keeper of the plain that bless this river and bless this community. And that's why they built that Keeper of the Plains through Native American blessings, not through white people blessings, because we have to keep them separate have to keep them different because we cannot culturally appropriate in some way, shape, or form. That is the mindset of the left, and it makes my brain hurt of how stupid those arguments actually are. Let's go back to the lines here, shall we? Line number two, good morning, is this. This is Ray. Ray, how are you, my friend?
5: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, the The Democrats take away everything that is good, and they try to ruin it. And they're doing it again here. They want our lives to be empty, as near as I can tell and i would like to know just who these people are that agitated for this uh, the, the people outside of the school board that, that that put this bug in their ear because i haven't heard that there are any tribes doing this complaining and so therefore the these supposed native americans that are complaining about this cultural appropriation Th- they don't even represent their tribe, hmm.
1: so they're not spokespeople so, of the tribe. They're just some members of it that have a political view that are just spouting off what uh, this this opinion of. Oh, it's I'm offended oh, by it. Yeah. I just feel offended.
5: Yeah, they they don't represent anybody. It, yeah. It's just them. They're and they're they're Democrats, and you know that whether they're Indian or or Mexican or white or whatever, they're Democrats. And they they just stomp around and ruin things for everybody else, and uh, I I agree about uh, let's just clean all the Indian stuff off. Get, let's get rid of it all. They can they can keep their culture secret, and then the, well that's
1: the mindset these, of the left. That's what these, they that's what they want. I don't yeah. want that. You know the biggest threat to progressive I don't ideas, the biggest threat to socialism, the biggest threat to the. Crazy left wing utopian control is when people actually get along and when they start working and collaborating together. As exactly. you know, Stackline Communications here with the radio stations that we have, and I've said this a few times on the show, is that we just earlier this summer, we bought another radio station, which now you can listen to our sister station at 99.7, which is Hank FM Classic Country. But before it was that, it was Spanish station La Raza, which means the people or the family. Yeah, we still yeah. have that radio station. It's just on a different frequency at 102.5 now. So now we have a Spanish radio station called The Family that is under the umbrella of Stackline Communications. They are two, uh, two rooms away from me sitting right here in the studio. And I tell you what, working uh-huh. with the Hispanic population and my program director, Adan, and our salesperson, Dulce, and our entire lineup of DJs with Pablo and with Sergio and with Claudia, they are the best people that I could work with. I absolutely well, love them, and working with them on a day-to-day basis has opened my eyes to a lot of what the way they think. And you know what they think? They are overwhelmingly Republican and conservative mm-hmm. because they're tired of the open borders. They're tired of the cartels yeah. coming in. The reason they came here was to try and get away from the cartels in all the shenanigans there and guess what we are bridging the gap with radio and with communications between the hispanic community in wichita and the rest of the communities in wichita we are bridging that gap with our radio stations and it is working out more successfully than we could have ever imagined something the other side absolutely hates
5: is the hispanic community up in arms over the fact that the indians have uh indian taco day i mean i know that's stupid but yeah,
1: not that i know of Uh, as far as i'm aware when i come in you know they've uh, i'm I'm trying to work on my spanish to chat with them a little bit more they have already coined me as andres No, that's it's spanish for andy but uh that's so i'm not turning in like a beto o'rourke here where the irishman's trying to pretend to be spanish by any way shape or form but (laughs) i love talking to them because I want to learn more about the culture and trying to intertwine, and when we do stuff like this, then yeah, I could walk into this building with a massive sombrero on my head, and they're not going to get offended. In fact, they think it would be the coolest thing in the world if I did something like that, and they would laugh their heads off. That's what we need in society, not this, that's offensive, you can't do that, we need to separate, and you do your thing, and we do our thing, and we're just going to go live in our own community. That is the division that the Democrats want, and it drives me nuts. Well, I, I
5: think these These whiners, these agitators, need to be exposed, and it would be nice for the school board to tell us who has been influencing them. Yeah,
1: I'm right there with you. Uh, It's I got all right, Ray. I got to ask out of the out of the four different mascot choices, the Red Storm, the Stars, the Wolfpack, or the Red Hawks, which one do you think they're going to go with?
5: I'd go with the Red Hawks if it's going to be changed at all, because then you still got the red in there, and by golly. Mm. That's just offensive, and I like it.
1: Going with the Red Hawks. That's right. Well, that's, you know what? The Red (laughs) Hawks, then, Hawks will be offended by their red colors and their red feathers. What do you think?
5: Uh, Yes, yes.
1: I love it. Ray, I appreciate it very much, my friend. Have a great weekend and happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, That's good stuff. You're right. It is absolute lunacy, the absolute division. This is a lot deeper. This is not just trying to preserve a culture from being offended or being taken advantage of. This is the silencing of it. This is the whitewashing of the culture. This is the division to keep it out of the mainstream so we forget all about it. This is the division the left has been doing for centuries, and we're sick and tired of it. And we got to expose it. If you are Native American, God, please call the show and let us know your insight on this. If you do have Native American background, if you are part of a tribe, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I would love to hear your insights. Are we right about this? Are we wrong? Because we don't want disrespect. We don't want division. We don't want the separation between the two. We want unity for all of it. And if something is offensive, let's figure out a way to make it non-offensive. At the same time, where's the line between true offensiveness and just snowflakes that are upset about everything because they don't like the world. That's the conversation we need to have. Lots more coming up on Candice Talk on KQAM. Stay here. Welcome back into the program. we got just about a minute or so left here as we wrap up hour number one. Great conversations. I love it. We'll continue it on when we come back in hour number two. Again, open lines to you for the second hour of the show as well. I want to get your thoughts on that. Plus, I want to shift gears a little bit when we come back in hour number two. There's some other things we need to discuss as well, as we do have the major spike in the flu and RSV and COVID-19. Are we going to see COVID pandemic uh, mandates coming back into the area? Los Angeles has already come out and re-urged individuals. They're strongly encouraging. They're not mandating yet, but they're strongly encouraging masks to come back into the city of Los Angeles. Mask wearing. We still have the battle with many school districts across the nation as well on masks for the children as we battle RSV. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit, plus the response from the uh, governor's race here in Kansas. Dennis Pyle, the independent, quote-unquote, conservative, has uh, spoken out on the accusation of him disrupting the election from Derek Schmidt. Does he agree or disagree with that assumption? I want to talk about that a little bit. And, of course, the unionization of a certain group here in the Wichita area. You know how I feel about unions. I want to get your thoughts on whether it's a good thing or not. Is this a... Is this a good reason for it? And I know that we uh, have gone through a lot with the COVID-19 pandemic. And did they do their self-inflicted harm based on the decisions they made? And now they're trying to unionize to fight back for that one. Uh, We'll get into all that. So there's a lot to cover next hour. Open lines again. For the entire hour and we'll get our update with the AARP as well. I want to tell you about my friends over at Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Phil's Coins, are open right now until about 2.30 this afternoon. You can also check them out at uh, philscoins.com online for all your gold and silver needs. If you need silver, now's the time to get it. They're finally starting to uh, get a little bit more in stock, actually hold on to it, things steady out just a little bit, that's not going to last long. So if you need silver in hand, don't get the certificate. Actually have it in physical form in your hand to put in your mattress or in your safe vault or wherever else you like to put it. But go and get it. It's Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading all your gold and silver needs with honesty and integrity. Hour number two, Candace Talk, right around the corner. We'll open up lines to you again. It's some more of the issues covering, getting you set for Thanksgiving next week. It's Kansas Talk right here on KQAM.
0: True. Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy
1: Hoosier. It is hour number two of Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Hey, good morning to you. Happy Saturday. Welcome into the program. Always appreciate you hanging out as you do every single weekend as we dominate here on Saturday mornings, trying to get you up and moving for the day. There's a lot to cover this morning as well. Welcome in. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the show, it is open lines to you this whole hour again as well. Our couple of guests that we were uh, going to have on the program today, a bit under the weather. We'll get them on the show again soon. This cold flu, whatever it is throughout, <laughs> apparently hitting a lot of individuals. So it's open lines. Let's rock it out today. 3167-218255, 3167-21 Talk. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Napoleon Appliance Repair. As you go into the holidays, the worst thing I want to tell you a story. There were and this, this is a true story. There was a few years back, and it was here in Wichita, it was before we actually moved. Uh, A few years ago, probably, I don't know, six years ago maybe, uh, some family came out for Thanksgiving, actually. It was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving or Christmas? I believe it was Thanksgiving. And they came out, and we were getting ready for the big feast that we had, the roast beast and everything else that we have for uh, Thanksgiving, making all the foods. And Mrs. Voice of Reason ends up putting the food into the oven to start cooking the turkey and everything else. Turns on the oven, does its thing. Uh, A few hours later, about two, three hours later, we go to check said food, and it was still cold. Oh, yes. On Thanksgiving Day, the oven that we had went out completely died. True story. It was the most bizarre yet entertaining piece of uh, the story that we've ever had. It was hilarious to watch, but nonetheless, it ended up going out during the holiday while family was in town for that one. Don't let that be you. Don't let that happen. If you have any issues with your utilities, if you have any issues with your appliances, this is the guys that you need to call Napoleon Appliance Repair, which you can find on Facebook at Napoleon Appliance LLC on Facebook. Also, give them a call at 316-409-1525, 316-409-1525. 1525. They can help out with any of your appliances, whether it's your refrigerator, whether it's your stove, whether it's your microwave, your dishwasher, whatever those issues are. Those guys can help. Don't have to go out and get a new one. Maintenance it, fix it, get it up and going again. And especially with the holidays coming up next week, make sure that you don't fall behind or that you don't show up with a whole bunch of family ready for a feast and then your oven's dead and goes out on. The uh, actual holiday. That was pretty entertaining. We had some fun on that holiday. So nonetheless, go check them out. Napoleon Appliance Repair. Proud sponsors here on KQAM and on Kansas Talk. Great partners with us. We love them to death. We'll get Mike back on the show again here real soon. All right. Open ICU at 316-721-8255. There's a lot that we talk about. Uh, Last hour, we covered a lot on the changing of the mascots of different schools across the state of Kansas. And again, open lines if you are of a Native American tribe, and we've had some on the show before, I'm going to get them back on, and I will pick their brain about this issue. Is it offensive to have a mascot as a school mascot, or is it a sign of respect and a sign of gratitude and a sign of actually appreciating the culture by wanting to be part of of that culture, that was a fun conversation that we had last hour. I want to shift gears a little bit this hour, though, and get back into some of the politics. Obviously, there's some statewide and some national issues that we need to get your thoughts on here. On the home front, there's still some inner bickerings of the governor's race. Before we get into the governor's race, actually, I don't know if you have heard the official announcement: the uh, constitutional amendment ballot number one issue with the constitutional oversight against the governor and the executive branch against the bureaucratic agencies ended up failing. By about a one percent margin. I know, I know. It fell. It crashed and burned. It was a close one. We, if we could have just squeaked that one out a little bit more, it was even a closer margin than what it was for the governor's race. Just a little bit more to have oversight, and it's unfortunate. Still not devastating, but it's unfortunate that we couldn't pass that one. We're going to have to try it again. But it is time for us to have a bit of oversight over the executive branch because I swear if something like COVID happens again and the governors out there, which now we have Laura Kelly, Again, thank you, Dennis Pyle, for that one. If we know that we have Laura Kelly as governor for a second term, she does not have to worry about re-election. Just like Barack Obama, she is going to go as far left as she possibly can. Her campaign on going middle of the road and a moderate candidate and a moderate governor and trying to like appeal to both sides of the aisle, it was a lie. We all know it's a lie. She didn't campaign like that. She didn't run like that as a regular governor the first term when she was trying to run for re-election. She campaigned that way. She talked that way. But she didn't act it that way. She vetoed more bills from the Republican legislature than any other governor in like the last 40, 50 years. Which means she wasn't working with Republicans very much with the Republican legislature that has a super majority. She was on her own doing her own thing. And it took us all our power to override all of her vetoes to get some common sense legislation back in the state. So that really brings up one of two points. Either... The Republican Party has gone so far radical wildly to the right that Governor Kelly, as the moderate, independent, middle-of-the-road Democrat that she is, had to veto them because it was just too much of a radical agenda in the state of Kansas. Option number two was that she's a radical left-wing Democrat that just didn't like working with Republicans. Uh, Every single legislator that we've talked to, to from either the House or the Senate here in Kansas have openly said that Governor Kelly has not talked to the legislature at all. They haven't conversed at all. She doesn't go around and chat with the legislators at all. She doesn't work with them on creating legislation at all. They don't do any of it. She sits in her office and she complains about Republicans and she vetoes all of their bills. I don't know how you can govern that way when you're not working with the chamber that actually creates the legislation, but nonetheless, that's what she's done, and that's what she's going to continue to do for the next four years, but to an even more extreme extent because she doesn't have to worry about re-election. So she can call herself a moderate all that she wants to, but we know that it's a bold-faced, blatant lie, and we're not going to stand for lying because we don't like lying liars who lie all the time, and we're going to stop that. But now we have the inner bickerings of the Republican Party, and this has been going on for years. It's finally showing its ugly head. While it's devastating that we lost the governor's race in Kansas, I am always, as you know, the eternal optimist, and I love looking at the bright side of things, and I really think that this is maybe a growing opportunity for the Republican Party. Now, Dennis Pyle, the conservative... Legislator who was a Republican who went independent to not challenge Derek Schmidt in the primary race but to challenge him in the general election to try and sabotage the election has been accused of sabotaging the election against the governor because again the numbers show that Derek Schmidt lost by roughly at the end of the day with 100% reporting in officially now about 21,000 votes 492,000 to 471,000 votes. 49.49 to 47.37 between Kelly and Schmidt. Dennis Pyle got just over 20,000 votes. And Seth Cordell, the Libertarian, just got over almost 11,000 votes, about 10,800. So if those votes went to Schmidt that were from Pyle, if Pyle was not in that race, majoritively, 99% of those would have gone to Derek Schmidt, and it would have been within less than 1,000 vote difference. And I think that would have swung the election to the Derek Schmidt side. Still would have been close, but it would have gone to the Derek Schmidt side. So the accusations have been thrown out, and we kind of started that bandwagon train here, is that uh, we said that the independent Republican was there to specifically sabotage Schmidt, and that if he were not there, then Derek Schmidt would have run the race. And apparently that message has gotten back to Dennis Pyle, because here's his response according to KSN News. He has officially responded to this, saying, quote, as much as Candace desperately needed a conservative governor, the Republican Party gave us a candidate that could not and did not win. The pile team sent a needed message to the Republican Party that Candace needed a strong conservative candidate. He goes on to say, I have said throughout the Schmidt that Schmidt couldn't win uh, based on the historical records of the left-wing Republicans. The GOP could have done better. All I said, all said, he continues that Schmidt got the anti-Kelly vote, period. The left-wing endorsements from Kelly gave her the win, or there was an issue with the voting machines, question mark? That was Dennis Pyle. So let's break this conversation down, shall we? And let's figure out what happened, again, not to speculate and do the 2020 hindsight here, but to understand how to move forward, because there is an inner bickering, there is a division, there is a civil war, whether you acknowledge it or not, or whether those that may not be highly high up in the Republican Party here in the state of Kansas, there is a civil war. That has been going on behind the scenes for a long time within the Kansas Republican Party. And it's unfortunate because I know most of the members of the Kansas Republican Party and the leadership teams all over the entire state and all the different districts. And I'm a member of them. And I'm a delegate here for South Central Kansas or or an alternate delegate. I don't remember, but I'm involved. And as many know, I was the treasurer for the Cedric County Republican Party for a while before we ended up leaving for that short time. And I get to have the privilege and the honor to be able to MC the political events like we did with Congressman Estes' election party and other Republican events around the area. I love doing it, and I am so involved with the Republican Party here that it breaks my heart seeing this. And talking to elected officials and talking to those behind the scenes that work with the elected officials and talking to people around the state, there is an internal war, a civil war going on right now with the Republican Party that is tearing us apart. And while we have the supermajority in the state legislature, it doesn't mean a damn thing if we can't get along and actually get something done. Because we have the supermajority, but yet for some reason we haven't been able to override the veto on the governor on things like, I don't know, boys not being allowed to play in girls' sports in high schools across the state. We haven't been able to override her veto on certain Second Amendment legislation. We haven't been able to override her veto on some pretty um, important things because there are some Republicans who refuse to get on board with the Republican agenda. Now, I will be the first to say that I think we have some of the greatest leadership in our government with Republicans. Dan Hawkins, who has officially announced that he's running for Speaker of the House, which is going to be fantastic. He has been the House Majority Leader. Ty Masterson, who's the Senate President, a solid conservative and great personal friend. I think that we have some amazing leadership here in Kansas. And they're they're solid conservative, too. They are amazingly conservative. They're just some of the outliers that are not quite as conservative, Maybe usually from the Johnson County, Wyandotte County, Shawnee County areas, that are kind of the disruptors within the Republican Party. But we need to find a way to unite. And whether it's the head of the GOP in the state, whether it's the voters, whether it's the candidate selection that we have, whether it's the precinct committee members, which, yes, if you're just a precinct member in your area, Andy, I don't do a whole lot. You have a lot of power and a lot of influence. You're just not aware of. We have to find a way to unite the party. But Pyle does bring up an interesting point, which is what we've talked about now, is that the Republican Party's umbrella is so wide— that we have to figure out what we actually stand for to be able to promote our agenda, to have people want to vote for Republicans. It's so wide. Schmidt was in the between the rock and the hard place. He was fighting two wars and two fronts on both sides of them. He wasn't just going after Democrats. Now, Derek Schmidt wasn't the radical, outspoken Chris Kobach, you know, a wild conservative. He was a moderate Republican. He was conservative. He was decent. He's a great guy. We've had him on the show, obviously, many, many, many times. But he was a soft-spoken, go-along, I mean, let's get the stuff done, but let's not ruffle any feathers unnecessarily. He was a center-right Republican. He was not a fringe radical. He was not a crazy guy. He was a level-headed Republican that would have been perfect for the state. And he was up against two fronts, against the Democrats and against what I call the purists, which I will say purism is just as dangerous as being a radical socialist. Because purism saying either I want everything or I will run off my cliff with my flag held high and I'm willing to sabotage it and have have the most extreme evils in power as opposed to the lesser of two evils in power, that purism is what has destroyed politics. Realizing we we need to come to the realization that we're not going to get everything that we want, and that's what the purists don't quite understand. It's the world of politics, not the world of absolutes. And Pyle, while he said he sent a message to the Republican Party, you sure did. You sent a message to the Republican Party that we need a strong conservative candidate. And while we are all about trying to push Derek Schmidt into a more conservative mindset— wouldn't it have been easier to have him as governor with a conservative legislature run by a conservative president, Ty Masterson, in the Senate, run by a conservative House Speaker uh, the, uh, Speaker of the House, Dan Hawkins, or Ron Reichman, although Ron Reichman's kind of a, a uh, middle-of-the-road, barely center-right guy because he's from the Kansas City area. But if Dan Hawkins gets Speaker of the House this year, wouldn't it have been easier to shift and push Derek Schmidt further to the right with a solid conservative legislature, as opposed to now having a conservative legislature battling against a Democrat. But what direction should Schmidt have gone? Battling two fronts there, do you go further to the left to pander to the squishy moderate Democrats that voted for Kelly? Because, well, evil Brownback and Derek Schmidt's are related to Brownback. Does he distance himself that way? Or should he have gone back further to the right to pander to the purists and those that are willing to go off the cliff and have the absolute worst in power as opposed to the moderately decent? What direction do Republicans go? And moving forward as a Republican Party, currently under the chairman of Mike Kuckelman is the state Republican chair, which I got nothing against Mike Kuckelman. I think we need to do better, not necessarily his duty, but just as a party as a whole, we need to do better to identify exactly who we are and what we're doing and how we unite the rest of the party. And how we make sure this doesn't happen again with outliers like Dennis Pyle out there to sabotage Republican elections while claiming to be a Republican. How do we stop that madness from happening? That's the direction that Republicans have to go. And that's what we have to ponder here in the state is to move forward on what we think the direction is of the party and how we make sure that we're appealing to the base, to where the base is excited to turn out to vote, and then whatever else we can gather up. As we've said on the national show throughout the week many times as that there are very, very few left of those squishy, moderate, I don't know what I stand for types, please pay attention to me and win over my vote because I'm undecided because partisan politics is so partisan and divided now that uh, we pretty much know what the Republican and Democrat parties stand for, and you're either with one or against one. So I'm curious on how we unite the Republican Party, because that's what it's about. And we will not win another major election in the state of Kansas unless we figure out a way to unite. And it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some conversation against all of the different sects of the Republican Party, and that's what we're going to have to focus on. All right, got to take a break. I want to get your thoughts on this. When we come back right around the corner, uh, we have a lot more to get to. The RSV, the flu, the vaccines. It's coming back with fall season, and obviously next week being Thanksgiving. Boy, oh boy. We're going to have some food that we're going to have to devour as well. I want to get your thoughts on Thanksgiving traditions. Um, I find it appropriate, again, while we talked about the changing of the mascots that were in Thanksgiving time that's related a lot to Native Americans. And, oh, by the way, it's Native American Heritage Month. So, good. Great, guys. Great done. Way to go there, Kansas Board of Education. You have uh, sabotaged the Native American Heritage Month by removing them. We're going to continue badgering on that one. Lots more coming up on Kansas Talk. Stay here. 7 minutes past the hour here on Kansas Talk, right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Hey, good morning to you. Happy Saturday. Uh, We are going into now officially a holiday weekend. Hopefully, you've gotten your opportunity to get your Thanksgiving bird, hat tip to Yoder Meats, and all our great partners here on KQAM, along with our sister station at KGSO, along with our sister station at 99.7 Hank FM for Classic Country. All of them giving away Thanksgiving turkeys, hat tip to Yoder Meats, and our great partners. It's all done now, but hopefully you got your turkey and are able to go and enjoy that. Go pick that out and enjoy your Thanksgiving. We will have live shows for The Voice of Reason, our national broadcast, all throughout next week, except for on Thursday, obviously, for Thanksgiving Day. But... We'll be back at it on Friday as well. Next Saturday, we will not be here live, as obviously it's Thanksgiving weekend, so we're going to take a weekend off. When we come back after that, though, it's going to be kind of shifting gears into legislative session of 2023 because there's some important stuff going on. And while we talk about the unity of the Republican Party and the future of the Republican Party, we have to really identify what we stand for. Sometimes you got to go back to the basics. And this is I know that a lot of Republican uh, leaders listen to the program And this is my words of wisdom, so take it if you want, don't take it if you want, it's really up to you, it doesn't really matter, I'm not part of it, I'm just trying to assist because I love the Republican Party here, and I want to see the future of Kansas continue to move in the right direction. So, if you take anything away, here's my words of wisdom. It's time for the Republican Party in Kansas to go back to the basics. To understand exactly what we stand for. To redefine exactly what we are. To not try and delegate or regulate everything To not try and have a statement or a position on everything, but to go back to our basics of we believe in constitutional limitations on government and our three pillars of conservatism, which is what I stand for all the time on this show, which is the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to private property. Outside of that, every issue that falls under that blanket, whether it's a religious argument, whether it's a social argument, Whether it's an economic argument, whether it's a mandate or a government regulation argument, it goes back to, is it going to infringe on someone's life? Is it going to infringe on someone's ability to live their life the way they want to, with liberty and believe that they want and say what they want and live their lifestyle that they want? Or is it going to infringe upon their private property that they own, that they manufacture, that they produce themselves or themselves as well as a piece of private property? If it infringes on any of that stuff, then we are against it. Period. End of story. Once we do that, it doesn't matter if it's a tech issue, a new age issue. It does not matter. We'll already have a stance on it because that's our position. And that's where the Republican, needs, uh, Republican Party needs to be, and that's where the elected officials need to be. And then we can unite, and then we can work together, and that would be awesome. Lots more coming up on Candace Talk on KQAM. Stay here. <laughs>
0: One, And he's right here. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM.
1: Welcome back into the program, last half hour of the show. Boy, it goes right on by really fast, especially with all the content that we've had, all the great phone calls that we've had, which is still open lines to you at 316-721-8255. There could be only one. Anybody remember that movie, The Highlander? Show of hands. Now, in The Highlander, they're invincible. They live forever unless they get their heads chopped off. Wait a second. Does that mean they got to come after me to take over the local conservative talk ratings? Oh, all right. Let's move along here. Welcome in. <laughs> Welcome in. 3167 218255. 3167 2, Talk. If you want to join into the program, uh, Michael Brown with the weekend coming up right around the corner. I want to remind you as well with some of the great promotions we have going on on KQAM. Not only do we have our turkey drop that we just did over the last few weeks, hopefully you got your Thanksgiving turkey from us. Hat tip to Yoder Meats and our great partners there. We are not doing this year here. Here's the thing. We're not doing it on KQAM because there is a shortage. Therefore, there's not as many, but we're still doing a giveaway. So I usually don't tell you to flip over to a different station. But next week, throughout the week, you still have an opportunity to get a Christmas tree from 4C Christmas Tree Farms. As you know, we usually do that every single year on KQAM, but they have a limited amount. They still want to work with us, and they're still giving away a few, but it will be over on our sister station over at 99.7. Hank FM, and you can listen and try and get your Thanksgiving or your uh, Christmas tree from Four Seat Christmas Tree Farms. Now, what we will be doing here on KQAM is we will be having, like usual, our 36 hours of Christmas music starting at noon on Christmas Eve, although Christmas Eve's on Saturday, and this show will be going until 11 o'clock, so I think we're just going to start the Christmas music an hour early. Hat tip to yours truly with... Uh, Being the program director, we might just start Christmas music a little bit early and do it one hour earlier right after this program on Christmas Eve, uh, which will not be live that day either. It will be a best of program, but uh, we'll play our show and then we'll have our Christmas music that will go through Christmas Eve and then all day through Christmas Day as well. So you'll be able to listen to your nonstop 37 hours, an extra hour hat tip to me. Yours truly, you're welcome to play an extra hour of nonstop Christmas music here. On a KQAM. So uh, there we go. we got a lot to get to and uh, a lot of great stuff that's going on. Plus, we're going to have some other good giveaways, some other big promotions on the station here soon. Make sure to stay tuned in for more information on those. Give me one second. Here we go. No food or drink in studio, right? Need some water. It's always good to drink water first thing in the morning and get you up and moving. All right. I want to shift gears a little bit. I probably bored you enough with some of the statewide politics, your burnout on the politics at the state level. It's been frustrating, but yet we. it's a conversation we need to have. It's a serious conversation we need to have on the identity of the Republican Party moving forward. And again, if we embrace the three uh, pillars of conservatism, then the Republican Party will be just fine. The unfortunate part is that we have many within the Republican Party that do not embrace those three pillars of conservatism. And they continue to get elected over and over, and yet they still don't like to converse with us and talk about why they don't stand on those three pillars of conservatism. So I'm still waiting uh, patiently on when those certain elected officials, you know who you are, to come on the program and actually talk about the voting record and why you supported things that you've supported and what you want to do as you continue to represent the state of Kansas in a certain form or fashion you know who you are apparently the conversation that we had a few weeks ago about it uh, got back to them which is fine that's the whole point I want you to be aware of my frustrations so come on the program and let's chat and let's talk about how you're representing the state of Kansas open line see let's go to it uh 316-721-8255-316-721-talk line number one good morning who's this good morning Andy it's Nick Mr. Nick how are you sir
4: very well in yourself.
1: hey we are living the dream my friend happy saturday
4: <laughs> happy saturday to you too and i think um you know most Kansas just want a message that they can get behind and and i agree with you that uh unity is important um the problem is and and maybe if we look at this another way uh maybe dennis Pyle saved us uh, from from something that we weren't supposed to have um You know, there's always God's providence in this, and and I can say with Laura Kelly as governor and with uh, Chris Kobach as attorney general, we're probably not going to head either fascist (laughs) or socialist for a little while. But, uh, you know, uh, how friendly, and, and you know, Andy, I've been doing this 10 years advocating for constitutional cannabis, and how friendly is people like Senate President Ty Masterson to cannabis? How friendly is uh, Re- Representative Dan Hawkins to cannabis. How friendly was uh, Derek Schmidt's uh, talk about cannabis? And when we talk about conservative, I'm getting lost on what exactly that means. If it means limited government, individual liberty, and and all this other stuff, then I would think that this would be an issue that wouldn't be so controversial. Uh, we we just got done with the child welfare uh, deals, and you know there are still. Uh, Children that are being taken away from families because of, of cannabis being on the Controlled Substances Act, where other people are sexually abusing and doing all this other stuff. And sometimes they get away with it, but because cannabis has a smell and it's a low hanging fruit, they use it uh, to pad money pockets or, or whatever uh, else there is. We have the pharmaceutical companies, the alcohol t- companies, the tobacco companies, and the gambling industries all giving lots of money and lobbying and financing political campaigns, but we're, we seem to be a little hypocritical when it comes to this plant. And, and I just put it out there uh, as an open thing. Dear Time Masterson. you said I am patient. I've been patient for 10 years. I'm not going to be patient anymore with you. Uh, whether or not you have devised ways to look, make yourself look conservative, Whatever. Dear Dan Hawkins, you said you lost weight by eating right and exercising. That was not totally correct. You had a sleeve done uh, in your stomach. Dear Rick Wilborn, you said cannabis, medical cannabis is coming. It's coming for years and years and years. Where is it? I'm done. Dear Chris Kobach, you said it's federally unconstitutional, yet you are not starting your second term. I'm done with that part, too. And dear Derek Schmidt, you lost. Uh, So... I'm, I'm, I'm done watching my friends decay and die thinking their only options are pills, surgery, or suffering. I'm done watching farmers beg, plead, and fade away while you, they stifle and overregulate us and then offer them mental health services for harm that they've caused. I'm just done with the uh, hypocrisy in this area, and I hope that before it gets to wh- whatever you call civil war or, or, or whatever like this, people would, of the leadership, would stop this nonsense and get on board because I'm done.
1: Um all right so th- there's a lot to c- unpack there and Nick I have to agree with you in the sense that um as conservatives as the ones that are about limited government as the ones that are about less regulation that I think it is silly the the anti on certain policies like marijuana for example that uh, that the Republican party overwhelmingly has gone with saying that it's so that it's so bad. Now look I don't uh, I don't go around smoking pot in public, even in Colorado. I don't like seeing that. I don't like doing that. But here's the thing. What people do in their homes, I really don't care, and that's what we're all about as Republicans and conservatives. Uh, And the Republican Party is going to have to face this here very, very soon, and hopefully it's going to be in this legislative session because, again, Oklahoma has medical that's going recreational. Missouri just voted to go recreational. Colorado... His head recreational. Not only have they gone recreational, they voted to decriminalize the psychedelic mushrooms and magic mushrooms in the state of Colorado as well in controlled settings, which I will say uh, I'm okay with as well. It's not going in the streets. It's not anything like that. It's going to a going to a clinic where someone walks you through the process, as they have shown with the psychedelics, when it opens up different channels and connectors and and different wiring of the brain to be able to uh, solve issues like post uh, PTSD or depression or anxiety or those sorts of things and working out your internal demons with a guided counselor working you through some of that stuff. I am 110% all for that, along with the spiritual purposes of doing it in a spiritual and religious sense uh, in a controlled setting as well. So I am all for doing that type of stuff but guess what we are now sandwiched around three different states that have gone recreational in a sense on many many ways kansas cannot be a holdout on this issue any longer and while i understand some that that uh, think it's bad due to the uh due to the increased crime rates or due to the increased traffic stops or violations or whatever other states have worked through this stuff Colorado was the – I think they handled it stupidly when they first did it. I think they jumped into it way too soon. They didn't prepare for what the unintended consequences would be. But now multiple states have done this. They've worked out a lot of the kinks, and we need to learn from those and do it appropriately here, whether it is medical or whether it's even gone to recreational, which I believe it will at some point in this state. We can learn from those and do it right. Do not tax it at a 300% tax rate. Do not have an iron grip control of you can have eight plants, but you can't have nine, because those things are absolutely ridiculous. And that's just going to cause more law enforcement, more money in the state agencies to regulate. Just either do it or don't do it. But the Republican Party is going to have to get off the poll, the fence post here, and figure out which direction they're going to go with it.
4: The thing that upsets me the most is when people use the conservative label to outlaw what is natural, what is basically God-given, and then monopolize the synthetic through the use of force and uh, regulations. And oh, everything like that. I'm there with Someday. you. We just,
1: we just did major la- lawsuits, and Derek Schmidt's been great on fighting the opioid epidemic. We just won what two, three hundred million dollars from the company of Walmart with their pharmacy because of the way that they actually prescribe certain medications with an ongoing opioid epidemic. You're right. The natu- I'm all about the natural, holistic ways. You know, Mrs. Voice of Reason is starting off her Who's Your Health uh, kind of sidekick that we're doing, where she's uh, she literally is growing herbs and plants on how to preserve them. How to dry them? How to make them? Them teas? And instead of hang, instead of taking Advil for your headache, here's an alternative holistic way to eat almonds that actually can cure a headache, as opposed to taking Advil and some type of synthetic pharmaceutical. I am all about that stuff, and yes, that's the direction we need to go. So while we fight opioid pandemics here in the country and in Kansas, let's figure out ways to do an alternative medicine, and that is an alternative option.
4: It is Uh, the the future of the Republican Party is is what it is, and I pray. That one day we can stop having this conversation on focus on other things. Uh, you know that's that's important. Just like family is important and, and other things and and life, uh, like you said. But Andy, uh, you know, we I could go on for for hours on this. But uh, if you want to talk about something else, I'm more than willing. But I I enjoy your show, and uh, we'll
1: just go there. Hey, there we go. Well, Nick, I appreciate it. We're going to get some other calls here. But you're right. I'm glad you brought it up. It is a conversation. Again, Republicans need to address this. Uh, For Ty Masterson and for Dan Hawkins and for everybody else in leadership in the legislature, this needs to be a number one priority for you guys to address in this state because we can't hold off any longer. We can't put it on the back burner any longer. It needs to be addressed. We need to do it, and we need to do it in a conservative, limited-government fashion. Um, creating more different departments and agencies to regulate and tax it is not a conservative mindset. So let's do it in a conservative approach and actually do this to where we can gain some, go ahead and tax it like everything else, but to do complete regulation. It's just, I mean, again, we we have to have an identity of what conservatism is in the state. Let's go back to the phones here, shall we? Line number two, good morning, is this.
5: Uh, this is Ray.
1: Ray, what's going on, sir?
5: Okay, I had to horn in one more time. All right. Uh, the, I, I talked to one of the people that is well connected with the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and he told me the reason they don't defend Brownback is because if you're explaining yourself, you're losing. Now, they lost the government, the governorship twice, because they let Brownback be a weight around their neck instead of having some pride in what he did. Yeah. And the Republican Party here in Kansas doesn't stand. Don't they have any history? Aren't they proud of what they've done? Why can't they defend themselves? How, and, and to say that if you're explaining you're losing, that is so stupid. Why don't you explain the pride you have for, for what the man did? I mean, It's a great point. On.
1: It is, you know, they have fallen into the the Republican Party nationally, the RNC, the Mitch McConnells, the Kevin McCarthys, those guys at yeah. the Washington, yeah. D.C. level. Uh, we've kind of mimicked what they've done to where we are scared uh-huh. of our own shadow. And when Democrats they accuse us or attack too, yeah. us of something, then we cower and then we try to uh, shy uh-huh. away from it and then apologize to try and win them back over. Guess what? If they're trying to attack us for something stupid, then we shouldn't be apologizing for anything. We should just own it and move on. Sure. You're right. We are scared of our shadow. Whenever they bring up the word brownback, we cower and we try to distance ourselves as much as possible. Brownback did not do anything bad. In fact, when he left office, we had a billion dollars in our federal, in our state reserves and our emergency fund and safety net. Uh-huh. We had more money in education than we ever had before. So the whole they defunded education was a complete farce and lie. And uh, you know he left the state in a better position than when he received it under Kathleen Sibelius prior to. So the attacks from Democrats are complete falsehoods. And if they want to attack us as mansplaining or Republican-splaining on issues, then it just shows their ignorance and their lack of understanding on the issues because it sounds like they need an education since they don't know what really happened.
5: Well, I was also told that that the Republicans that run for office now, they they want to stand on their own. Yeah. Well, why don't you stand with the Republicans
1: Yeah, well I get it I mean stand on your own and have your own identity that's all it's all about but that identity as a Republican goes back to those three principles the right to life liberty Uh and private property if we stand for limited government then whatever they throw at us then say is the government's solution no so there's a better way let's figure out what the other solution is outside of just passing another resolution from the government exactly that's what it's all about Ray I love it my friend I gotta take a break here as we have one more segment left right around the corner but I appreciate that it's a great point rebranding the republican party here at the state level the state republican party we have some work to do we're okay i'm not trying to badger you too much because we're okay we obviously still have a super majority in our legislature we're doing well but we have a ways to go and we can always fine-tune it and make the system better and let's stop the infighting that we have chris Kobach's an evil terrible horrible human being well guess what He's a solid conservative fighter, and he's going to be our attorney general. He is the best guy that we could have as the attorney general to file every lawsuit he can against the Biden administration. He is going to be perfect for the state of Kansas, and it's going to be fun to watch. Lots more coming up. Stay here. we got just a couple minutes up here on the show. Boy, oh, boy, did that fly right on by. Uh, it was nice. Isn't it nice being able to chat You and I sitting across the adult beverage bar talking, chatting about what's going on here in the state of Kansas. Um, I love being able to. You know, we've been cramming ourselves so much with different guests on the show that it's been nice to just actually have a conversation as we go into the Thanksgiving weekend. Next week, and again, we will be off next weekend, but happy Thanksgiving to you. Let's go back to the phone lines here, shall we? Line number three. Good morning is this. Hey, this is Kevin. How are you doing? I am great, my friend. How are you?
3: Great.
2: Hey, right. I just wanted to thank you for uh, your uh, lineup during the day.
1: Oh, thank uh, you. I appreciate it. You,
2: uh, you guys having a change on? I noticed I heard uh, this red eye at night. You are doing know? have that
1: on permanently uh yes red eye radio yeah we did change a little bit the overnights so we've been looking for i've always been a fan and and obviously as the company we're always a fan of live programming when we have the opportunity in case things happen throughout and uh, kind of a fresh of uh you know excitement throughout the overnight programming so yes we are changing up the overnight programming a little bit to a live program with red eye radio between midnight to 5 a.m all right what you, you dropped alex uh, for the uh, for the overnights right now we still have his program on the Sunday evening show uh right now but yes we did drop that overnight and just really because the show that Alex has is really throughout uh is the middle of the day for uh for his show in the middle of the day so there's a lot of delayed stuff that happens as we talk about it overnight then it's really out of date or uh things have changed or updated so it's really nice to have a live program in the overnights as opposed to something that was 12 hours late
2: yeah well I enjoyed the red eye so uh Good. Keep up the good work and have a great
1: weekend. Hey, well, thank you very much. We appreciate that and uh, always love the feedback for the radio station. Uh, We're proud of our lineup, so uh, we appreciate that very much, Kevin. If you don't get to hear all day long, I do highly recommend you do. We have a great lineup with John Reich starting off your mornings from 6 to 8 right here in the KQEM studios, followed by Brian Kilmeade out in New York with uh, Fox News. And uh, the Kilmeade Show, Dan Bongino's killing it for our middays, 11 to 2 every single day. And then uh, Todd Starnes, that's a recent ad as well from the last couple months that we've had. Todd Starnes out of Memphis, Tennessee, a wonderful individual. And uh, we've had him on the show with us actually a few times as well. Followed by yours truly with our national broadcast. We are on six radio stations now and uh, more to come here soon. So. Uh, stay tuned on that one for our hour, followed by the man himself, Joe Panks, out of San Antonio, Texas. So always appreciate the feedback. Love you guys, and thank you so much for listening to KQAM. Thank you so much for listening to Candace Talk right here on KQAM. Michael Brown with The weekend, based out of Denver, Colorado, coming up right around the corner here on KQAM as well. Until then, happy Thanksgiving. We're off next week. We'll see you again in a couple weeks here, getting set for legislative session 2023. Also tune in for The Voice Reason for our national broadcast on Monday from 4 to 5 and throughout the entire week as well. Until then, have a great weekend. Stay strong, stay vigilant, be your own catalyst for change. This is Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 KQAM.